morning, good morning, welcome. So good to see such a good-looking crew here today. First things first, uh, just so you guys know, I was standing, I, I estimated where I would be standing in January when this place was just like a disaster zone, and I, uh, I took a picture, so we got to do the before and after, all right? You guys good with that? So give me a fresh smile, Sunday morning smile, here we go. Yeah, now let's do a crazy one, do a crazy one, here we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly, I like it. Awesome. I want to make you all famous on Facebook. Um, wow, what a day. So good to be here with you all. Uh, if you're new here today, I'm Zach. I'm one of the pastors here. And I think, as I think about today, I, I feel like the overriding emotion is just simply this, just thankfulness. We're so thankful, so thankful. And as I reflect on what it means to just be a Christian in general, one of the things that should be normative for anybody that, that wants to walk with the Lord and says that they follow Jesus is just a spirit of thankfulness. Listen to what the Bible says. Uh, I, I could read scriptures about thankfulness for probably the next hour. Here's just a sampling. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Philippians 4.6, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Two more. Psalm 107.1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. If there's anything that's central to being a Christian, it's this. Being a person of thanks. And so then the question obviously comes, where does the enabling power, or where does the vision come from to actually be a person of thanks? What's the motive for being thankful? Christians, more than anyone else in the world, should be the most thankful people in the world. If you think about it like this, if you're staring down a bullet and someone jumps between you and that bullet and saves your life, What's your response going to be? It's going to be thankfulness. Not like, it's about time, right? If, if you're facing a $10,000 credit card debt and some benefactor comes up to you, unbeknownst to you, just out of nowhere, and, and pulls out their checkbook and says, hey, I want to relieve you of this debt. Just take it care, take, have it taken care of right now, right now. What are you going to say? You're going to say thanks. If there's a small fire in your house and you call 911 right away and the fire department gets there within two minutes and they put that fire out and there's no massive damage, what's your response going to be? Thank you. 
If your child is facing a life-threatening disease that requires a very technical and specific surgery, and the surgeon comes in after that surgery is performed and says, everything went great, the disease is eradicated, what is your response going to be? Thankfulness, right? See, these are all just metaphors of the Christian life. These are all pictures of the Christian life. If you know Jesus, if you love Jesus, if you trust Jesus such that you're willing to give your life to follow him, then you understand these scenarios. Because spiritually speaking, they remind us of what it means to be a Christian. Christianity is not climbing a ladder of good deeds and proving to some far-off, silent, cold grandpa in the sky that you're good enough to be loved by him. Christianity is understanding someone has taken a bullet for you and you had nothing to do with it. Someone has paid your debt for you when you were up to your eyeballs in debt and you couldn't do anything about it. Christianity is there's a fire in your house and you need the firemen to come and you're not driving the fire truck. There's a disease that requires surgery, and you don't have the qualifications of a surgeon. Before becoming a Christian, you face these scenarios, like the debt payer, the surgeon, the fireman, the one who takes the bullet for you. And we know who that person is. His name is Jesus. He loved us. The Bible says God demonstrates his love for us in this, Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love in this. And, and the Bible also says there's no such thing as a greater love than if you're willing to lay down your life for your friends. Or Romans 5, your enemies. God himself, high, exalted, lofty, out of his great love for us, came down to our level. We didn't climb a ladder to him. He came down to us through sheer grace and mercy alone to meet our need, to provide a way of salvation for all those who trust God and his plan for salvation and maximum joy now and in eternity in Jesus. So if you know this, This is your story. This is the Christian story. And so then, again, what is going to be one of the main defining ways of how you live your life? A sense of entitlement? A sense of prideful boasting in your accomplishments? Is it going to be demanding your rights? No, never. Maybe one of the top three characteristics of what, what should flow from that news about Jesus that I just articulated is what? It's going to be thankfulness. So this morning, we have much to be thankful for. The building looms large as it should, but just Christianity in general means that all those that love Jesus are people of thanks. This is why the Bible exhorts us to be people of thanks. Because why? Because it shows that we get it. It shows that we get it. It shows that we understand, that we know who we are, 
that we know what's been done for us. So that's what this Sunday is all about, a time to give thanks. And what better a time than as we look at this beautiful building that we've been given, what better time when we reflect on all the volunteer hours Hours and hours and hours. What better time than reflecting on all the money that's been sacrificially given? Today is the day to remind ourselves that we are people who are defined by being thankful, and so we give thanks. And this morning, I want to focus on two facets of that, okay? We want to thank God for his provision, and we want to thank God for one another. We want to thank God for his provision. We want to thank God for one another. All right? First of all, we're going to thank God for his provision, right? So it was a few years ago. I don't know the exact dates. It's all kind of a blur. But a few years ago, probably two and a half, I would guess, the writing was kind of on the wall for our old location, just an, uh, a mile down the road here, right off the Beltline on Knob Hill Road. And it was clear that that location was not going to be sufficient as we moved into the future. And immediately as we started to look, we were struck by the fact that what we wanted was very, very hard to find in the city of Madison. Looking for about 16,000 square feet, office space, a sufficient kids space, gathering space that would allow for some growth. Uh, a central location in Madison so that we could see a web of church planting just kind of spider out from a central location in, in Madison. Just churches planted, cities set on a hill, um, torches of light just lighting up the whole city of Madison all over. And it was clear, though, that everything that we, re- we found and we explored was either too small or too big or there wasn't enough parking or the, the zoning would be all messed up. It was maybe a, not a central location. Price was too high. And we looked and we looked and we looked and month after month after month after month and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And I, I remember oftentimes being discouraged. It's like, man, how is this going to happen? And I remember, honestly, I, I probably said this to 20 different people. What we're looking for just doesn't exist in Madison. It's not in our price range, at least. And and if we get a building, it will simply be God's provision. And look around you this morning. Where do you sit? God has answered our prayers. See that. Don't let your thoughts just terminate on what you see. Let those thoughts send you vertical. Fresh paint on the walls, a beautiful stage, beautiful kids' space, office space. Let that have your affections go vertical. Look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. So we don't worship buildings, we worship God. But let the means of worshiping God be what we see. Man, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord. Listen to what Romans 11 says. This is a classic doxology. This is a classic section of Scripture where Paul just got done articulating the most amazing articulation of the gospel that maybe we have in in written form. 
And he gets to the end of all of it, and here's what he says. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? And check this out. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. You see that last verse? For from him and through him and to him are what? All things. So I think this building is included in the all. Is it not? So he gets the glory forever. To him be the glory forever. Thanks be to God for his provision. Thanks be to God for his provision. So we thank God for his provision. Secondly, we thank God for each other. We thank God for each other. We give thanks to God for each other because of three different things. Praying, serving, and giving. First, praying. Praying. Man, we had monthly prayer meetings led by Jamie Chong where we just sought the Lord. Lord, would you provide? Man, we prayed as elders regularly for this project that God would provide. We prayed in our city groups. Lord, would you provide to see your mission continue in Madison? We, we asked for location. We asked for parking. Man, that was a challenge. We asked that contractors climbing on ladders and stuff would be kept safe. We asked that we would be unified as a church. Here we sit. We asked that, that the building would not get us off track, off mission as a church. We asked God for the right am amount of money, the right amount of volunteers, and on and on and on. And I can say with all surety that God has answered these prayers over and over again. God has answered these prayers. It's so beautiful. We give thanks to God for each other because of so many people praying. We give thanks to God for each other because of so many people serving. So many people serving. So many people serving. I was blown away by how many people pitched in to make this a reality. We said at the outset that if we're going to do this, the only way it's going to happen is if we cut costs through volunteer labor. And here we sit. So many of you. I, I remember talking to one of our elders, David Jordan. Uh, he's the one up here playing the guitar this morning. About that first weekend when uh, all of the crowbars and the, and the sledgehammers were just flying. And the dust was just everywhere. I mean, you came out of this building on that first weekend, you're just covered in soot and nastiness, and it was awesome. And I remember talking to David, and he's saying, like, once he, like, looked and just saw dudes just, like, taking down walls with, you know, one swing, it's like, wow, we're really doing this. Like, we're actually doing this. There's no turning back now, you know? And one of the reasons why we as leaders were not constantly paralyzed by fear in this process is because of the faithful, non-complaining, steadfast work of majority of you in this room. Just pitching in. And these were not glamorous jobs. It's not glamorous scraping carpet glue off this 